you know, it's interesting because in every story that I've had on the show, it's everybody has their own unique journey to get to where they're at. But one thing that I've always noticed is where they're at is exactly where they're supposed to be at that moment. Uh, and it's funny because they go through different str uh, struggles and, and triumphs and everything in their journey. Today on the show, we're going to be interviewing an individual who didn't have the the picture perfect, uh, quote unquote, career going through high school and college, but it was the exact journey that he was supposed to be on to get to where he is today. And with that, he can share a lot of information and a lot of knowledge and give a lot of advice to those young athletes that are out there right now because his story is extremely inspiring. It's a, it's one that will teach you how to put your, your, your trust and your faith in the right things, build the right foundation with work ethic and trusting the process and faith and networking and relationships and continuing to move forward towards your goal consistently, I should say, to get to where you want to be. You don't want to miss this episode of the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you, as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. This is episode 210 of the podcast. We've made it four and a half, almost five years. We're closer to five years than we are four and a half at this point. And it's thanks in large part to the listeners of the show. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome aboard. I'm excited to have you. It's a, it's a great interview, a great story that you're going to hear today. And uh, I just appreciate your support. If you've been with us since the beginning or you jumped on board, uh, midway somewhere in there. I uh, just appreciate anybody who's ever supported the show, whether you've subscribed to the podcast, left me a review on my podcast for, for Apple Podcasts, or if you've simply just followed me on social media, any of those things, any any support of the show has been much appreciated. And uh, it's, it's thanks to you guys for where the show's at today. Um, and we continue to grow. We're currently, as we speak right now, in 92 different countries. But who knows? Maybe you'll be listening to this interview a year down the road, and we'll be in 100. So we're continuing to grow. It continues to, to get out to new people. And uh, I just want to say thanks to the listeners out there. Today's story is awesome because we're going to be hearing from our guest about perseverance, uh, going through the struggles uh, that a lot of athletes, you know, you don't hear a lot of these stories because typically in sports, you hear about the top dogs, everybody like the, the high school elites that are going through all these different camps and getting full ride scholarships to these D1 universities or, you know, and then they go for a year and go pro. You don't really hear the stories of the guys who are what I would even call a late bloomer, maybe, or even those that are just they're grinding on the on the back end, uh, working silently, if you will. And today we're gonna get to hear a story just like that from Ryle Owens. So Ryle, thanks for joining the show, man. I'm looking forward to speaking to you today. Oh, thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely, brother. So for the listeners out there, and from what I've gathered, I want to kind of go back in time a little bit, Ryle, because you're a basketball player. Uh, that's that's what we're gonna be focusing on today. I want to know your basketball history prior to now. Like, let's go back in time, rewind the clock, and talk to you about how long you've been playing ball. When did you first pick up a basketball, and like, what what's your history in the sport? Okay, so uh, honestly, um, I was pretty much born with a basketball in my hand. Um, 
Like my mom used to play back these old videos. I was born in 1997. Like she has videos of me in 1998 actually shooting basketballs. So like, oh damn, it, I, I probably learned how to shoot before I knew how to walk. <laughs> I, I just been playing basketball for a long time, uh, pretty much my whole life. Um, yeah, so that's that's where I started. That is crazy. That's a really young age. I, I'm hoping my 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 18 month old son will be. Uh, he he keeps. He's the one who's more intrigued than my five year old. He always is picking up the basketball and he's always trying to run around with it, but it's definitely not shooting it yet, but he, he, I'm hoping that maybe he'll follow your lead there and, and, and stick with that. Um, here's my question. Then did you play multiple sports growing up at all? Or were you mainly focused on basketball? Um, yeah, I played uh, a lot of sports. Uh, I played, um, baseball, basketball, football. I, I played pretty much, pretty much everything. I, I'm one of those athletes who are, who's good at everything, but I really just stuck to baseball, basketball, and football. Three three traditional main sports, but you're you're truly an athlete. That that's what I kind of wanted to get at. I want to get your thoughts on that too, real quick, Ryle. In regard, I mean, obviously, basketball is kind of where you've taken your 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 life and your career, right? But do you feel like playing multiple sports for those athletes out there that might be younger athletes listening to the show? Do you feel like being a multi sport athlete helped you? Did like baseball help you with basketball? Did basketball help you with football and so forth? Do you feel like that, or do you think that you should probably focus on one? Um, I honestly think uh, that you should play like a, a bunch of sports uh, when you're younger. I feel like it just helps with a lot of things that goes into every sport. So, um, you know, not really just on a physical side, but like, you know, dealing with other teammates, mental stuff like coaches. Like, I feel like uh, you should deal like you should be involved in more sports. Like for me, I knew football helped a lot with basketball in terms of the weight training that we did. You know what I'm saying? And um, that was like a bigger, you know, that that impacted me a lot with basketball. It helped me a lot with basketball. So I feel yeah. like I did play multiple sports. I thought that, that was an interesting point you made right there about uh, like different teammates and different coaches. I, Cause I guess you're, you're right in like, if you're, if you're talking to a high school athlete, right. And they just play basketball, even if you're going through the ranks of like the JV and varsity, you you're still in the same program. So you typically have the same coaches, whether they're a JV coach or varsity, but you're still in contact with the varsity coach. If you're on JV, cause it's the program, they run the program. So all the coaches, are together all the time. So you're, you're just kind of used to the same system. Whereas if you're playing other sports, you're getting different types of teammates. You're dealing with different types of people. You're dealing with different types of coaches and different ways that they approach it, which I honestly think is huge for just life in general, because you're going to have different bosses later on in life. You're going to have different coworkers in life. You're going to have family members, maybe that you don't get along with cousins and second, whatever. And uh, you're going to have to learn how to adapt to, to different styles of uh, communication with different types of people. So I actually, it's the first time I've ever heard somebody say that. Then the physicality, I always thought it was interesting, the the, the football players who played basketball, um, especially as we got into our junior and senior year in high school back in the day, yeah, that, that was a big thing. You could tell a difference like in their athleticism if they were playing football too because there's just a different mentality with the, the football players in their weight training, and they come back into basketball, and they were a whole different animal like from one year to the next year. It's crazy. So I, I totally agree with that. I think that's that's a really good point. Now tell the listeners what positions you played in each one of those sports. Um, so honestly, baseball was not a sport that I played, uh, or I played organized, like little league baseball, but, um, like I didn't continue all the way up to high school, but, uh, in football, I played defensive back and wide receiver. So like, you know, I was on both sides of the ball and then, uh, basketball, I played combo guard. So point guard and shooting guard. Okay. So you're, you're an all around athlete for sure. You're like the shifty guy. What's your, what's your, uh, height right now? Like what, 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 what are you at right now? I'm um, six, three, 180 pounds. 63180. Just for reference for people to understand that. Like, so I always put this in terms that's actually really 
that's a stacked frame because people don't realize like Steph Curry is like six, three and people don't realize how he, he looks small in the court, but he's actually big. That's right. a big, that's a big body. That's an athletic body. That's crazy. Okay. Six foot three, one eighty. That's stacked. Um, especially as a, as a guard, uh, if you're a point guard, I want people to realize that there's a lot of point guards around here that are like five foot eight. Like, yeah, you try to guard a six, three, one eighty guy coming down the court. Yeah. It's a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Especially somebody who has wide receiver experience, you know how to break, you know how to run and yet you got the defensive experience too. That's, that's crazy. Uh, where did you grow up, Ryle? Just to kind of, where'd you play high school sports at? Like what, what state were you in and what was it like in that realm? Because we're going to get into your high school career. Cause I know there were some ups and downs there from what I had studied, but I want to know where you grew up and where you were playing ball at. Um, so I'm from Port Royal, South Carolina. Like I said, um, I pretty much lived there my whole life. Uh, I went to a school called Buford High School, uh, 4A. It was a, it was a, you know, in South Carolina, that's a big school, 4A. But, you know, like in Texas, they have like 7As and all of that. But, um, yeah, I went to a pretty big school in South Carolina. And um, I pretty much, I was there my whole life. So I just pretty much came up in the ranks from elementary, middle to high school. It's all the same system pretty much. You know, it's only, not a, it's only a handful of schools in my town. So I went to high school there. And then um, I just, you know, started playing basketball. I played basketball every year. Um, so that's pretty much where it started at. What was uh, what South Carolina's high school scene look like? Like, what is that like over there compared to like maybe that? Because like I'm I'm in Idaho, okay, so I'm on the other side of the country, and it's I mean we're working to get there, like to get some more exposure for it. But like Texas, for example, you just referenced like Texas, they've got, their high school football scene especially is like pretty pretty well known around the country, right? What's the high school scene in basketball and football for uh, for South Carolina? Uh, so if I'm being honest, uh, when I was in high school, it was terrible, uh, like recruiting was the hardest part i feel like uh especially for basketball like in my city there's nobody who's ever like went division one or professional in basketball so uh, i actually was the first person in my city from what i know of or like the first person like 40 years to get like a division one offer and then i have a younger brother who's oh well, he's not a, my actual brother but a younger friend he's like a few years after me he's the first person in our city to actually go division one so it was a uh, it's a big deal where we're from if you're, you know, one of the guys making it for basketball. Uh, football, we produce NFL players left and right. So it's like, I don't know how that works, but I literally went to school with like four or five NFL players. Like, it's just, uh, I think the focus is more on football in our area than basketball, but the recruiting is terrible for basketball. Wow. Okay. Interesting how one sport to another sport can be completely different where you're at. You're producing professional NFL talent over there for one sport, you know, and then obviously in the basketball realm, it's completely different. See, that's the kind of thing I wish listeners, the casual fans would understand is that it it, it makes it difficult for athletes like yourself to get exposure when the recruiting is terrible and you got to try to make an impact. Like here in Idaho, we're trying our hardest, like myself and a couple other media outlets to try to get more exposure to the kids over here because here, no one's looking at no one's looking at Idaho. I right. mean, you, you'll look at Boise State University from time to time, but they're not even Idahoans for the most part. It's a lot of kids that we recruit from other states. But the Idaho high school athletes, it's tough to get them the exposure they deserve. Um, and, and there's some good athletes. But I want to hear about uh, your high school basketball career because this is where things got interesting because you're a, you're a hooper, you're an athlete. But from what I understood when I was researching your story, your career, especially like your senior year, it wasn't necessarily like, what you might have hoped it could be, right? And I want to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's talk about your senior year, what you were going through, and and why it might not have been exactly what you thought it was going to be. Um. So 
coming up through high school, like uh, everybody knew I played basketball. Like I wasn't one of those guys who was just like, you know, everybody knew basketball is what I was going to do. It was just like, it was very tough because like I always had to deal with something. So it was like ninth grade, made varsity, but I didn't believe in my own self. So I went back to JV, didn't play much on JV. So I went back up to varsity for my 10th grade year. And uh, my ninth through 11th grade year, we had like a traditional coach, you know, been in the system for like 50 years, you know, like one of those coaches and pretty much I'm not from the same side of town. So, I, I mean, I'm not that type of dude to say like, oh, they play favorites or this and that. But like I was always playing behind somebody when I had the talent to play with or above them. You know what I'm saying? So like, uh, totally. yeah, so my senior year, you know, ninth through 11th grade, I didn't really play a whole lot on my 11th grade year. Uh, I was like a six man, so I started to get, you know, more more time. I had some big games my 11th grade year. And then senior year, we had a coaching change. Some coach from out of town uh, came and switched. So he didn't know anybody. He literally just like, you know, we had tryouts all over again, even if we were on the team the previous year. And he just went off of what he saw. And he started, like, he started me, kind of made me the go-to player in my senior year. So senior year was a big deal for me. Um, kind of late to get started on film and stuff like that for recruiting purposes, but you know, I had a pretty good senior year, but I was dealing with like major knee problems my senior year. So uh, I would just like go through walkthroughs. I wouldn't practice, but I was always playing games. I was taking medicine, trying to, you know, relieve pain and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I ended up having double knee surgery after like the day after I graduated high school. Um, yeah, so it was it was a tough year, um, but my senior year actually went pretty good. I averaged almost 20 points a game. Um, I was a starter. I made all region and all of that. So everything was pretty good uh, in terms of basketball for my senior year. That that's what's interesting, and I want to I want to kind of touch base on this. So going up, I mean, going up through the ranks, ninth through eleventh, you know, you're you're struggling because the, the coaching and and like you said, a lot, I think a lot of kids go through this at different stages where they feel like their their talent level is like you you said it perfect. Like you can play with or above that person. Like you know, you're just as good, if not better. Uh, and would make a bigger impact for your particular team. But sometimes the coaches, it, it's hard. And I'm not going to blame coaches for everything because I too am a coach now um, at, a, at a club level. I, play, I coach for the AAU level. It's not the high school level, but we I do coach 16, 17-year-old kids that are sophomores, juniors in high school. And so I see the difficulties that a coach will have, but I do also believe that a coach can make or break a situation. And so sometimes like you, you got to be patient. I want to know, I want to know your thoughts though, because did you know there was going to be a coaching change first off Ryle? Did you know there was gonna be a coaching change going into your senior year? Um, honestly, no. And, uh, to be honest, like, um, I also picked up coaching like in my little year off. So I completely understand what coaches go through. And now that I look back on it, I don't blame the coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, okay, maybe I wasn't ready for that time or whatever, but like, um, it's like, you know, it's it's a tough situation being a coach, seeing it from a coach's view and a, and a player's view. But no, I did have, I have no, um, I had no idea that a coach was going to come in. I didn't even know like our coach was going to retire or anything. Um, I had no clue, but I okay. guess. So it was a surprise. It was like, it was a surprise to you in the program. Yeah. that That's crazy. And, and what's funny that you say that, I want to also say this. I go back to my times now that I'm a coach, like now that I have coaching experience, I would have literally punched me in the mouth if I was coaching myself. I, I see things so much differently. And I wasn't like this problem athlete or anything like that. It's not like I was a star player, but I 
just the way that I conducted myself sometimes and just goofed off and practice at, at times. Yeah. Man, just the, the frustration, the patience that certain coaches have to have with uh, younger athletes. It's just funny. Um, but you're going into, so this is what I want to ask you and get your expertise on because you didn't know there was going to be a coaching change. So it, to you at that time, if you go back in time, you're, you're struggling to get some playing time. There's probably some frustrations there because you obviously are a talent. How did you mentally, like, what was your mentality? How did you compose yourself to say, okay, well, I'm just going to keep going and keep trusting the process. Obviously the coaching change happened. You were able to prove yourself later and have an amazing senior season, but not knowing that was going to happen. How did you stay there trying to like continue moving forward with the goal? Um, me personally, like I always knew this is what I wanted to do. So, um, I feel like if you just continue to work hard, you know, keep God first and stuff like that, I just feel like things are going to work out supposed to. So, um, I never, I mean, you know, you have your ups and downs, but like, I never had the idea of quitting or any of that. I was just like, you know, it's still early, you know, we're, we're in just in high school. I still have a whole lifetime, you know, to, to get some basketball opportunity. So I just kind of stuck with it. And uh, sure enough, when the coach came in, uh, and he coached some high-level players in the state. Um, actually coached, like, the number one player in the state at the time. And uh, it was just – he recognizes talent, you know. So, like, like he he's all about winning, recognizes talent. So, when he came in, um, i always been, like, a good attitude kid and, like, you know, very coachable and stuff. So, I just pretty much, you know, stayed out the way but did what did was asked of me. And then when the opportunity met, you know, preparation – put it together and it was perfect <laughs> yeah dude what do they say like luck is when what is it what is it what is the whole thing when pre preparation meets opportunity yeah something yeah so it was something that i definitely put it together and, and made something happen heck yeah dude you just kept grinding and kept believing in yourself kept believing in the process and i love that you said you put god first like if you do what you're supposed to do put god first you know uh, eventually it'll work itself out but you got to keep moving you got to keep grinding um going into your you know Senior year, you're you're playing with the injuries that you were saying, like your knees were bugging you, like you had some 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 pain there. What was your workouts like? Like, what was your what was a day like for you? Like talking about rehab, what was the film study like? What was your work ethic in high school, especially your senior year, where you kind of started to to peak a little bit? You're like, okay, here we go. The the moment started rolling. I want to share that with the younger athletes too, and maybe the parents and coaches that are here. And like, what did it take for you that senior year to kind of get to those numbers, averaging? you know, 20 plus a game. So uh, if I'm being honest, uh, I never, like, like I said, in my city, the knowledge and, you know, exposure about basketball is very little. Um, so I really had no idea that we were supposed to be working out. You know, I just used to be outside playing every day. That's how much I love the game. But I had no idea I was supposed to be doing, you know, on the court drills. And I was just one of those people who played every day. So basketball came in easy for me, you know. But, like, in terms of working out, skill development and stuff like that, had no clue until my senior um, senior coach came in. And, like I said, he's uh, had some a lot of experience in the coaching world and coached some high-level players. And he's the person who introduced me to working out. He was like, listen – if you want to go to the next level or whatever, I understand you're good, but you're not good enough. Like you have to keep working, you know, you have to put in the time. So once that clicked with me, um, you know, I'll go through a day, um, like, you know, high school, you only have one practice, whatever, you know, it's not a big deal, but I would like, you know, go through school. We'll have practice at the end. And, um, you know, I would kind of stay after and do extra shooting or I'll go home and work on some things. Like I started to develop a habit of working out. But still at that time, you know, I'm brand new to it. So I really didn't have an idea of what to do. But I would just look up stuff and be like, OK, like, let's do some ball. You know, let's shoot a lot. 
I like to shoot anyway, so shooting wasn't a problem. It didn't feel like a workout. I was just outside shooting. Um, but he, he definitely introduced me to the process of, you know, weights, uh, you know, therapy, on the court development. He, he introduced me to that whole process. And it's late because I'm a senior, but it's good to start somewhere instead of not starting at all. <laughs> Better late than never, right? And then, and I want to ask you this. Do, do you feel that that helped your game? I mean, obviously the statistics show that, but I want to know you person. Do you feel that that helped you as an athlete going to the, you know, we'll get into your college career, but do you feel that that helped prepare you for the next level? Yes, um, definitely. Uh, I, I'm i not sure how much it helped being that I started so late and, you know, I only had like a year of it, but I, I definitely feel like it does, it did help. And I feel like if kids started earlier that they would be exactly where they want to be. You know what I'm saying? I like where I'm from, kids don't really want to work out. They just want to play basketball. They don't really take it serious. But like, it's a reason why there's only a few people from where I am to make it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it makes sense because the kids aren't really being taught the, the correct thing. So like now that me and like I said, my younger friend uh, are living, walking examples, we can kind of introduce them to that. And that's why I got into coaching, really, because I want to help kids where I'm from uh, take the right path instead of the traditional way we've been doing it for so long. I want to kind of break that and get kids more exposure, introduce them to the real lifestyle of real basketball, stuff like that. Totally, man. I think that's awesome. You can be the example for those younger kids. Uh, now knowing what you know, you, you're the example. So you can, you're the expert. You can show them the way. Um, going into college, you mentioned, you know, obviously senior year is kind of like the year that you you finally got to get playing and show yourself, but that's not a lot of time for film. Plus a double knee surgery uh, definitely hinders things a little bit in regards to the recruiting process. Plus you said the recruiting sucked anyways, where you were from. So Talk to us about that. You ended up going to play at a junior college, and I actually want to talk about a junior college experience. A lot of kids where we're from, Ryle, are, like I said, I'm from Idaho, and these kids are like, oh, it's D1 or bust. And I'm like, well, more than likely, you're going to be playing for an NAIA school or you're going to be playing JUCO. That's just the reality of it is to at least start. That's just, it doesn't matter if you're a 6'10", you know, forward over here. The reality is the recruiting isn't coming over to Idaho yet. And so you're going to be playing at a JUCO level or NAIA. But, I believe after having followed a lot of junior colleges around the country, some are better than others, obviously, but I believe that is isn't. there's some extremely good talent there, but I want to know about your junior college experience. What was it like playing ball there? What was the student athlete feel? Because you have to go to school, keep your grades up, all that stuff. Talk to us about what junior college was like for you. Um, so to start things off, I'm just going to keep it plain and simple raw and uncut i'm not gonna sugarcoat the whole process so uh like uh so when i went to junior college uh it was in a very small town walterboro south carolina um doesn't have much there you know a few stores whatever a few lights it's not not much at all um we i was on a campus that had two campuses um the campus i was on was the commuter campus so it was no dorms no calf no other sports like no no other students living there it was literally all locals or people that would just commute into campus. And then the main campus was like an hour away. Um, and that's where they had the dorms and the other, uh, like the other students and other sports and stuff like that. So on my campus, it was literally just the basketball gym. And um, we played in like this really small gym, rubber floors, like they didn't even have hardwood. Like it was rubber floors. Um, like I said, we had to find an apartment off campus that we had to pay out of pocket no scholarships, no, no meal plans, no, uh, calf, 
So literally I had to pay tuition, books, food every day, uh, apartment, a car to, you know, gas and drive around. Like on top of the apartment, we had to pay for all the bills inside the apartment. Like it was literally like, like if last chance you would do a documentary on my Juco, it would be the real Juco experience. It wouldn't be this glorified every <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so uh, it was a, it was a crazy experience. Like we had five people live into like a two bedroom, um, like two to a room and then one in the living room with a curtain. Um, it was, it was terrible, but, um, fortunately for me, and not really fortunately, but uh, I had a, a homeboy who uh, passed and he was from that city. So uh, they made a scholarship in his name and they gave it to me for my remaining two years of uh, junior college. So I didn't have to pay for anything uh, for my last two years, which was a blessing. But like I said, not really a blessing, but a blessing. But for sure, for sure. It, it definitely uh, helped me out for the whole I was there for three years. Like I said, I had surgery right after uh, high school. So I went to junior college and registered in my first year and then I played my redshirt uh, freshman and sophomore season. Man, <clears throat> you're not the first person to tell me a similar story to that. And it's funny because on this show, I've interviewed uh, various individuals, head coaches like Jason Brown from Last Chance U from uh, seasons three and four. I had him on the show, Mr. Uh, Compton, cigar smoking guy. I love Jason Brown. JB is a stud. But uh, yeah, I had him on the show. I had uh, Brittany Wagner from East Mississippi Community College. She was the academic advisor. I had her on the show a couple weeks back, uh, a couple weeks back. And, you know, it's it's interesting. Each each junior college experience is, is a little bit different and junior college in California even has like one city to the next city is completely different. Every school is just, it's locally funded and it's different. It's just a different situation. And that's the reality. That's what I wanted to get from you. I'm glad you actually were willing to give us the raw details because for those out there, you're going there and you're playing basketball, but there's a lot that, I mean, rubber floors, dude, like that's what like an elementary school has. Okay. Like that's an elementary school style of like, I don't even know how that's even, possible or legal to have that for a right. junior college program but that's just funny to me talk to us about the actual basketball side of it too like you the, the living situation that oh it just makes me laugh it's actually miserable but i bet that taught you a lot of life lessons but yeah. the basketball side of things how was the team how were the practices do you feel like it helped you polish up your game before you went to that next level um yeah like i said i feel like everything happens for a reason and i think i was meant to go junior college we were a division one uh junior college in like the top conference we was like region um 10. so it was like you know one of the more competitive uh conferences in the nation so uh we had some of the best competition like we had all these d1 transfers like i remember uh at the time there was a guy named quay parker he was like a social media like you know freak he was just like all over social media he transferred from a division one like tennessee or something to our junior college so like we were seeing people that were on tv all the time you know what i'm saying like playing all of these high level athletes and um practices and uh everything it was really like you know either starve like everybody's trying to get out like everybody's trying to get a scholarship to a four year so um the teams that were successful played together and understood that if you win together everybody's gonna get looks and then you know the teams that weren't successful was literally like you know crab in a barrel mentality everybody's trying to fight each other to get out so sometimes it was like that in practice um a lot of emotion um good bad ugly like it was it was just a real humbling experience but um i feel like it was necessary like practices would sometimes be like uh like you have guys two guys literally fist fighting um and then at the end like hugging it out because like we understand that you know it's like man we just we're all just trying to get to the next level 
Like none of us have scholarships. We're trying to provide for ourselves, our family. Like it was a lot of raw emotions, but it was, it was very good. Like I think uh, the development I got there, uh, the lessons I learned was uh, influential in where I am now for sure. That is interesting. And I can imagine the raw emotions. I was going to ask you that. So you kind of answered the question in my head was, you know, people, are they all in it for themselves or are they in it for the team? Because junior college, you never know what people's motives are. You got bounce backs that are trying to make it back to a D1. You're, you got guys who are just trying to get out to get to a four year. And yeah, everyone might have different motives. And then, and then there's some people that I've talked to before, just in passing, that they just wanted to continue on their career for a little bit and get some education. So they don't plan on going get a scholarship they just want they could still play at a juco so they still played at a juco and then they move on to a four-year and they don't ever play but they just go to school and finish up their degree and it's everyone's got different motives and so sounds like yeah the 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 emotion is another thing you have to handle it's a little different than a, a typical situation but that i think that is why i think junior college is such a good route though because it literally does prepare you for life you go to a d1 university some are going to treat you like royalty. It depends. Every one of those is different too, but you get kind of pampered as an athlete. If you're on a scholarship, it's just, it's a different situation and it's not a bad thing. You've earned it if you get to that point, but, um, junior college is that's raw. I mean, you were paying bills the first year, like you're doing all your stuff, you're sacrificing everything, you're playing ball, learning how to be a student athlete, you know, getting your grades to at least be eligible to keep going on. And, uh, you, you learn a lot from that, that I don't think you necessarily get, um, at the other level, but you talked about the uh, recruiting in high school. Did you get looks more looks at the junior college level from recruiting side of things than you did at the high school level? Because I wanted to know, you know, as we get more into your career moving forward after junior college, was that due to the recruiting being better at that JUCO level? Or was that due to you just pushing your, yourself out there a little bit more? Um, so in high school, I actually had no recruitment. Um, I kind of like finessed my way into this junior college. Uh, word of mouth my new coach knew this other guy he took a look at me and was like yeah come out like so really like this junior college didn't have scholarships so it was pretty much like whatever come you know we'll take your tuition money you know like yeah. <laughs> if you can pay we'll have you over here <laughs> yeah, so, uh, i ended up did a like he actually wanted me for the team um he didn't know i was having surgery uh so i kind of like just finessed the whole thing but when i got there it wasn't too much he could do about it so like i was kind of just stuck there um, that was literally my only way into college. Like, I mean, I if I wasn't playing basketball, I could have went to like USC or Clemson or something. Like, grades were good, everything was fine. I just went to JUCO right for basketball because my recruitment was terrible. But once I got to junior college, um, I had another coaching change. So my first year, my first two years, um, had a really good coach. We had a good two seasons. So he got hired at a four year. Um, so he left and then we had another big time coach come in, but we weren't his recruiting class. So like he didn't really get things started how it was supposed to until the year after we left. So um, like he pretty much picked up where the other coach left off, got people to schools. And then the year after that is when everybody started going to all these crazy big D ones and stuff like that. But um, uh, the recruitment was, uh, and at the junior college level, I'm not sure if it was just because the connections my coach had or because of the level we were playing at, but we definitely had some big time schools come through. Um, that's when I first started experiencing like, uh, you know, official visits and like not for me, but just for my teammates, because my recruitment still wasn't that great out of JUCO. But uh, like I just seen like, you know, we'll have like big time schools like UNLV and, you know, all these like 
big Syracuse and all that come to our little small gym to see one of our players. And I'm like, wow, like I seen that dude before, you know, I seen this guy before. Like <laughs> it was like, it was, it was an experience, but um, also being able to talk to those coaches in person, you know, uh, they're there for some of your teammates, but you know, me personally, I would go ask questions, you know, what does it take to, you know, get recruited at this type of level? I would, I'll, I'll get some numbers. I was just networking a lot, trying to help myself really. So that's how it, out. that's it. That's an important piece. I would like to make sure we mark down to networking. Like you, I like how you use the word finesse. I finesse my way into the junior college. You know, your coach had some connections, but that's how life is too. You got connections, you network. It's important to build relationships with people. Like I just love having this connection with you and I just met you. You know what I mean? Like, it's just cool to hear these stories. I, I connect with, with athletes just because I love to hear the stories. And I, I feel like an athlete, especially one that's gone through what you've gone through would make the best, like, salesman or worker and they're the best entrepreneurs because they've been through so they know they know what it takes to to work hard um and that's what i think is good for like the economy like i think it's amazing like so huge thing about that if, if any athletes are listening to this right now especially younger guys networking so ryle you were saying even if those guys weren't even coming there for you you're still chatting with them you're asking them questions what which shows that you respect them and their opinion but it also gets your name out there because they know who you are. And even if it's just like, Hey, that guy was the one who shook my hand and asked me a question. Well, at least they have you in their mind. And so that could eventually come back sometime down the road. Uh, what school did you end up going to after junior college? And how did you end up making it to the next level? If you said that your recruitment wasn't like, even, even your recruitment wasn't top notch to the junior college level. How did you end up making it to the next level? Finesse again. So, like, <laughs> so uh, after junior college, uh, uh, so me and like my sophomore year at junior college, uh, like I said, we had a new coach and everything. And I was like being underappreciated again, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, he pretty much, he brought in a new guy. It was just like a, a whole big situation again, just me being under undervalued, underrated. Um, you know, I wasn't really getting uh, recruited and put out to the division one level. Like I was like, like I thought I should have been. So, um, when coaches would come into the gyms, uh, it would be like D2s, D1s. You know, I would always – they would end up looking at me because of their own eyes, see talent, you know. And so, like, it wasn't really based off of what my coach was because, really, your recruitment falls into the hands of your coach if you don't do it yourself. And, um, and like, I was getting put out to some D2s, some NAIAs, a lot of D3s, which I wasn't going to accept, which is not a problem. I feel like if you have an opportunity to play after high school, take whatever you have. But in my case – um, division threes don't have athletic scholarships. And I just knew for a fact that I was a division one caliber player. So I just, I didn't want to be lowballed or underappreciated. Um, so I signed up for a few showcases, like all American available showcases. Didn't tell anybody, you know, didn't tell my coach, anybody, just me and my mom would go sign up for these showcases. And what's crazy is, uh, I ended up getting like nine offers at one showcase, nine official full ride offers in, at, at this one showcase. I went to like two of them. First one, I played pretty solid and, you know, didn't hear too much from it. But this, the last one I went to, I ended up like being like the number one guy at the showcase. All these schools were there and um, I got my opportunity that way. So I ended up getting um, offered from Alabama State, which is a division one. Um, Kennesaw State is the reason I went out there. That's also another Division One. They contacted me because I was emailing schools every day. So I was like literally had my resume and everything. And I would literally sit in the room and email like hundreds of coaches every day. 
like each coach, each each school has like each each division one school has like seven staff members. They have video coordinators, uh, assistant coaches, uh, you know, strength and conditioning coaches. I was emailing all of them, like people who weren't even really associated with the basketball part. I was just sending my stuff out there. So Kennesaw State reached out to me and was like, OK, come to the showcase, you know, and we'll check you out. Um, they didn't even end up coming. But uh, I guess it was perfect because Alabama State saw me and then all the other Division twos I had were all like nationally ranked Division two. So like it was pretty like I was obviously a Division one player at this point. And I proved that um, being that I got some Division one and high level Division two recruitment. So um, I stayed home after my uh, sophomore year of uh, junior college. I committed to Alabama State um, from the showcase. They gave me a full ride. Uh, they scheduled uh, uh, an official visit. So they pay, you know, they official visits, they pay for everything. So uh, they offered me at the showcase on, on site. And then, you know, we're going through the paperwork and stuff after that. So the only thing I have left to do now is sign what you do on your official visit. So they, you know, contact my parents and get all the financial things situated so we can come out there. And the night before my official visit, Alabama State pulls back on me. So like, he calls me. Um, I'm supposed to leave at like 7 a.m. to go on my official visit and sign. Um, it was already on the little verbal commits page that I was committed to Alabama State. Like it's already like, you know, published everywhere that, you know, Ryle Owens is going to um, Alabama State. Alabama State themselves even have it on their websites and stuff. It was crazy. Like it was pretty much a done deal. All I had left to do was sign. And um, the night before he calls me and I'm thinking he's calling to make sure everything's good for me to come out the next day, he calls me and was like, you know, hey, Ryle, you know, sorry to be the barrier of bad news, but uh, we have to cancel your official visit to Alabama State. We decided to go with another guy. So I started asking questions like, who's this other guy? Like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I was definitely like devastated. And this happened really late in the game. So, you know, I was weighing my options with all nine. And then um, when I committed to Alabama State, all the other eight went away. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had a home. And this this happened really late in the game. So by the time he pulled that offer from me, I contacted every last school that offered me again, and all of them were already full rosters. So I had to stay home for almost a year. Um, I had to stay home for almost a year. And I got called from Young Harris, um, which is a, you know, a high-level D2 um, plays in the Peach Belt Conference, which is like debatably you no know, best conference in the nation um for division um we have four nationally ranked teams in our conference and everything so it's a pretty high level conference um but young harris was one of the schools that offered me before and yeah they uh they offered me again like i was i started coaching at a high school and in the middle of a game i'm getting a call from young harris like my phone's going blowing up like i've already like blowing up so i, you know, I step aside take the call and it's the coach from Young Harris. And he was like, uh, if I told you I had a full ride scholarship again for you, would you come? And I was like, yes, like I have no choice. So that's pretty much how I ended up at my new school. <laughs> what a journey and a whirlwind. I mean, think about that. Like you've worked your tail off. You've been, you yourself have been emailing hundreds and hundreds of coaches, like your junior college experience. You're trying to get your name out there. You got the, you went to a showcase uh, showcases with you, you know, doing the stuff like you're, you're literally hustling. Like that's what you're doing. You're doing what it takes to get it done. You get an offer, Alabama state. It's a done deal late in the game. Like you said, they decide to pull it, which I think is a Bush move. 
Um, but we won't down all the colleges. I just, I, I personally think, you know, I'm sure there was some emotion there. That's one of the downsides to to sports that people don't actually see, but that messes with people's livelihoods. And, and I don't like that. Obviously hearing your story, it worked out for you later, but there was no guarantee that that was going to happen. Like you said, you had to stay home and you're coaching now. Like that could have potentially been the end of it for some people. They might, that might be it. Be like, Oh dang, I was, I was late in the game. I'm okay. I guess I got to move on with life. Right. But what I, what I respect about your story, Ryle is the fact that one thing that I think people can take from this, and this is athletes all across the board, you've got to continue to work behind the scenes. Like you were coaching. That's great. But you're, you know, you hit up every team that you had already. I mean, they said, no. Okay. Well, your name's got to be out there and you continue to hustle so that your name is out there. You can't just sit back and expect these things to come about. Like you're going to, some people are gifted with the opportunities that are right there. Some people have to work a little harder for them, but you're a testament of, you know, put the stuff out there and trust in the right p- people and do your thing. And if you put the hard work in the right opportunity may exactly present, it might, might present itself going to young Harris. Uh, talk to us about that experience because that's where I saw some of your highlights, man. And that's where I was super intrigued with, uh, you know, I was just like, wow, man, this, this guy is athletic as all get out, man. Um, what was your experience like over there? I know it's probably not the same. You're like, oh, it's not D one, but it is a high level D two. The competition you faced, the practices, the college experience there. Talk to us about that. Um, so young Harris was actually like the perfect situation for me. Everybody gets caught up in wanting to go division one. Um, but I feel like if you go to a school that, values you and uh you you should go where you're wanted and this coach uh expressed that he like he really wanted to be like he expressed this early even when he was one of the nine offers i had but you know i obviously turned them down to go to uh division one which you know didn't work out the way i wanted to but once i got to the division two uh it turned out to be the best situation possible so it was like a I just so happened to go to one of the schools who had like the highest funding in the state of Georgia. So like, uh, I had like a full ride max scholarship. I'm going from like junior college to nothing and then coming here and don't have to pay a dime and getting a little extra, you know what I'm saying? Like don't have to pay a dime for anything. Um, like just the little things like, uh, the school is very nice. Uh, it was in like the North Georgia. So the mountains, uh, great scenery. Uh, I had like, a it's different levels of scholarships. And like I said, I had the max scholarship. So I had so much signing dollars that I would pay for like other like teammates who didn't have it. Like I would just swipe my card so they can get Chick-fil-A or whatever. Like I had so much funding when it came to my scholarship. And I think a, a reason for that is, is that uh, when I came in, I came in mid season. So like I said, I already had missed like 18 games. He called me at the Christmas break and, um, he offered me again on a Saturday when I was coaching and I had to be on campus by Monday. And oh, the school, wow. Yeah, school was eight hours from me. And then I had to play in a game on Tuesday. So it was it was a very fast adjustment. But the whole off like the whole time when I was home, I was working out every day, three times a day, conditioning, like doing all kinds of stuff. Um, just you know, waiting for my opportunity. Um, I'm big on faith. So I was, you know, praying a lot and stuff like that, hoping that my opportunity would come and they did. So when I got to Young Harris, um, the coach, I get on campus Monday, literally like the assistant coaches are like helping my parents unpack the car. And then like he throws me a a jersey and was like, all right, go to practice. Like I walked straight out the car eight hours and go straight into practice. So uh, during the practice, he pretty much introduces me to the team, you know, introduced me to everybody. 
And I'm thinking that, you know, it's going to be kind of like, you know, a lot of static and a lot of, you know, controversy because I'm a new guy coming in midseason and I, I'm coming immediately to play. So I'm thinking that, you know, my teammates aren't going to really like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm Like I said, I'm not really a, a problem. So I, I'm pretty good with people, but um, they all embraced me with open arms. Like it was a surprise. Like they literally like they were losing, I guess. They weren't losing bad, but they were losing not having such a great season. So when I came in, I guess they were just like, okay, cool. Like he's here to help us. And coach made it clear though. He was like, this is Ra Owens. You know, he's probably been our, one of our top recruits. Uh, he's coming in to play immediately. So, you know, everybody embrace him. And that's exactly what happened. So for that whole, uh, I think I played 14 or 16 games. I already missed 18 games of the season. So I played like the, the second half of it. And my season went ridiculous. Like first game, my first three game, my first two games was in South Carolina. So like, you know, my, fam oh, wow. my family came. Uh, I had a lot of friends come because it was just like a big it wasn't really about the basketball It was really just that okay, Raul is back playing, you know, what I'm saying like he's back in school So it was really it was really more like a support thing. It really it really wasn't about how I performed It was really just about you know me being back doing what I love. So um, first game was in South Carolina um, I for, like, He puts me in the first two minutes of the game. I haven't had a practice or anything um I ended up scoring 14 or 15 points in like my first NCAA game in like forever. You know what I'm saying? So like, and then we had another game that following Friday. So like, by, and this was like a road tour, like one of the trips where you like don't really get to go back to school. Um, you just like on like, a, you know, you go to the school, stay in a hotel, you travel to this other school. So like, um, I've maybe had one, one practice in between my first and second game. And I still don't know much plays or anything. And then um, he starts me my second game in South Carolina. Um, so I was surprised at that. And this game was crazy because I ended up having 25, like, in my second game. And then third game, literally a week, a week. Like, we had three games in a week. My third game of the week, we played in Florida, and I had 30 points. Like, it was just, like, my stats was just going up and up and up. So people was like, man, this dude was not at home chilling. He was at home waiting for opportunity. And um, so I pretty much I started gaining um, some attention nationally uh, within the conference and stuff because of what I was doing in the conference. So, like, I was getting contacted by all kind of people, Graham, uh, gained a good bit of followers and stuff like that. People like you that were just trying to hear my story. Um, I remember going viral a few times just for a few things I was doing within these games. Uh, it was just like a big three, like turn full turnaround. Like from junior college being home and then going full ride to like the best player. It was just, it was a full turnaround and it was crazy. I'd say I'm just sitting here listening to it and I'm thinking how many, the ups and downs, but like the, the never guarantees to, to then that, that, that is just so awesome how it all, and it, it's a completely non-traditional route to getting to where you're at, but you kept going. Uh, you, you put your faith in the right, the right places, you know, you, you've trusted the process and I love the fact that you didn't stop working. You know, it's a whole stay ready, ain't got to get ready concept. And that's what allowed you to get in and immediately contribute to your team mid season. Like how many people can come in mid season and be able to immediately contribute? That's, it's a lot harder to do than it sounds like it is so hard to do that, to be able to just come in there and mesh. Um, and I think if we go full circle and re, re rewind to the beginning of the interview, you talked about playing multiple sports and learning, you know, how to get along with multiple coaches and multiple teammates, different types of teammates. If you go full circle, you go up to the, 
you're going in, you had coaching changes, the JUCO level, you had coaching changes in the high school level, had coaching changes in the JUCO level. Then you get picked up, you get a, a change of school because, you know, your original scholarship gets pulled. You go over to a team, you have to get used to their team, the new team members, brand new, new coaching staff there, brand new. All of that kind of just prepared you for that level. So I think it's just kind of cool to hear your story here and just seeing how it all prepped you. And before we started recording, Raleigh, you mentioned like during the, the the year of the pandemic, obviously that kind of set some people back, but you've been preparing. I want you to tell the listeners right now, those who hear this, what your your goals are moving forward. Um, because you know, the collegiate career is over. So now what? Right. Now people want to know, okay, okay, what's next for him? Right. So tell us what you've been up to and what we should expect to see from Ryle Owens moving forward. Um, so this is how I view it. Um it's been this way my whole career, so I'm not going to stop now. Um, like I said, a lot of things happen out of my control. So, like, I, I finished my last season at Young Harris, uh, finished, you know, ranking high and everything. So, like, um, honestly, if COVID wasn't a factor, I would have already been a professional. Um, it's just that, like, uh, when I was – we got kicked out of school early because of COVID. So, like, we missed, like, our last two months of school or something like that because COVID hit. Um, some people's seasons got canceled. Um, like it was just a big deal. Um, so when I finished, I got contacted by a few agents and stuff. Uh, so happened to be that the countries that were available were shut down because of COVID. So I had to sit out a year, like I've always had to do, sit out a, sit at a JUCO. So I'm just in the same same place I've been before, which is not a problem. You know what I'm saying? Just put my faith in the right places, keep preparing. And um, my agent now, like I said, is uh, working on some some deals that I had. Um, I've had a few come through. Um, just waiting for the right opportunity. Um, none, none, none of them have really been set in stone, but I definitely am picking up, you know, a few interests and some offers um, that I could take. But it's just like some of the situations are pretty terrible. You know what I'm saying? Like I would be losing money instead of making money. So, uh I'm just, you know, continue to trust in God, continue to trust in my work work ethic, and things will work out the way it's supposed to. I'm actually just came back from Vegas like yesterday, uh, at the showcase and where I played pretty good at, gained some attention of some important people. So like, um, my phone's pretty much uh it's blowing up right now. I'm thinking, you know, something's something's gonna happen really soon if 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 I have to say so. So um things are working out once again. <laughs> like so it's just it's it's nothing new. It's just you got to stay true to the process, man. Man, I love that. I love hearing that. I can't wait to see where you go too. Like, and what what you you decide to do with your career. And like you said, every every situation is different. I want others to know that too. Like, you might talk to somebody who's played overseas, for example, at a and it's in one division of like their leagues, absolute trash experience. And then like they there's another person that plays two hours over, but it's a completely different organization different league and it's the best experience ever like every situation is different there's a ton of different the people will be like well there's a million different things to do you got to make the right decision for yourself because if you get yourself the wrong decision it can be a really difficult experience because every every organization that plays professionally outside of the nba i should say um it's it's different it's literally like their own little business even if they're in the same league it's everybody uh, it's just different it's just different so i i hope that you you're able to make that right decision for yourself i know you will just based on the conversation of how you know the process and if history repeats itself which that's the term they always say i mean like you said something's big something big's on the horizon right now because you you're putting in the work and you're getting the exposure and something big's going to happen for you man last thing i'll, I'll ask you ryle before we 
we wrap it up is what would be the biggest lesson you think that sports have taught you in your life? Um, it's a lot of lessons, but I think the one for me would just be if, if you know it's what you really want to do, don't quit. I feel like quitting isn't really an option. Um, I feel like a lot of people quit right when they're on the you know horizon, like right when they're about to break through. I feel like a lot of people quit because it gets a little challenging. I feel like when you're closest to what you're you're working for, that's when things get the hardest. So I want to say, don't quit. Uh, you know, persevere. Be true to yourself and the grind. So whatever you put in is whatever you're gonna get out. Um, don't cheat it. And you no, know, like just just stay. You know, keep God first and just stay. Stay the course. That's 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 the lesson I've learned. Uh, just don't quit. Don't ever quit. And that's not just with sports. It's just with anything. I feel like when people are looking for jobs or whatever, you know, they get discouraged and want to quit or, you know, they just want to give find something else to do. I feel like if the key to getting to where you want to be is, you know, consistency, just keep being consistent in what you're doing and like you have what you want. That's what I think. I dig it. I dig it. I uh, really appreciate you joining me today, man. It was it was an awesome conversation, just learning more about your story. And I hope the listeners out there, for anybody hearing this, I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Um, my biggest thing I'd ask for any listeners out there, share this story with your friends and family. Get the story out there. Uh, hit the share button. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, the biggest thing I could ask the listeners to do right now, if you haven't done so already, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because the reviews will help the story get out to more people because it helps the algorithms on Apple. That means somebody will pull up their iPhone and look at Apple podcasts. And this might be a suggested interview. Like that's how you do it. We want to get the word out there so that more people can hear Ryle's story. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you, Ryle. Thank you so much for joining us today, man. No, I appreciate you. Thank you a lot. Absolutely. For the listeners out there, make sure to subscribe to the show, leave us a review, and we'll be back next week with another interview. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.